All right, this is Joe Quinonia with Blue Door Podcast, and I'm back. Um, yeah, took a sabbatical in a sense from uh, the podcast for a little bit. Life got busy, and then I never really came back. But I'm so good to be, I don't know, recording a new episode, uh, helping ingrain more teaching in myself, as well as hopefully encouraging you the listener and silas yeah we should definitely do a podcast and you too madeline uh but yeah just like hit me up but thank you so much for listening and i hope that this really encourages you all right yay let's let's get back into it but what I'm going to do actually first is I'm going to go into James 3, 17 through 18 and talk a little bit about wisdom along with some parallel scriptures. And then I'm going to kind of like just recap like basically like what I've just been like learning for. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like for the last like I don't even know how long, but I'm excited. Um, I hope you are too. And um, yeah, I mean it's gonna be awesome. So let's get into it. And like another thing, like Ephesians five fifteen. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And so it's like also an encouragement of you to like live in wisdom. Don't do stupid stuff. Um, Madeline would probably agree. Just take care of yourself. And in a sense, don't do stupid stuff, but also walk in faith. And just like you have to walk in faith. Let me flip to James 3, 17 through 18. <clears throat> All right. Oh, sorry. It's 13, 13 through 18. That is my... Uh, okay. So it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and self-ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Well, that's awesome. Um, another little tidbit, like all throughout Proverbs, obviously, is like a book of wisdom. It's like full of like little sayings as a whole principle of just like what are... Uh, kind of like ideas to do I guess um or wisdom 
And there's a whole concept of wisdom and paired with she throughout Proverbs. Like, just like she is the wisdom of God or stuff like that. And I also heard a little thing about just like wisdom kind of that she could be paired up with Jesus like the word made flesh like in here like wisdom being <coughs> first pure he was first pure he he is God but like before he even came down as a man he was holy he was pure even as a man he lived a holy life but first peer then peaceable he he didn't incite transgression he like in the temple that was because out of respect to your father's house and i read a book like offending like jesus i think oh i'm blanking on the name i'm sorry but it's these two guys and they talk about how jesus offended people and it's that is pretty true. He did offend a lot of people. He offended the Pharisees, offended his own hometown. And yeah. And so like it's peaceable. Um but he also did bring ultimate peace. And he is gentle. He is open to reason, I guess, but he is reason. He is wisdom. And he is full of mercy. And he, he is full of good fruits. If you look at the fruit he bore, it's all good because God is good. He is impartial. He shows no partiality. And like Galatians, it talks about it. I think in Hebrews, it talks about it too, but also in First Corinthians. And he's sincere. He's so sincere, he died on the cross for you. So I mean, and that's just like a little um, correlation between Jesus and this definition of wisdom found in James and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace that's also cool because it's kind of like what Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand and so I mean just like to take that little tidbit and also it was quoted by Abraham Lincoln which is also kind of cool but like in a house of peace, like, where you can't have a, I mean, sorry, back it up a little bit. You can't have a harvest of righteousness with weeds and wheat, but you must separate the weeds from the wheat. So it's just the wheat to be harvested. When the weeds are harvested, they will be thrown into the fire, like that parable that Jesus talked about. And so from this... It's also like, don't use your wisdom for, like, self-gain. Use it to build up others. Use it to build up the kingdom first, then others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor. I think, I think personally, that there is a reason that um, Moses in Deuteronomy said that. But he said, loving your God first. I think there is a reason that Jesus said loving your God first and your neighbor not to put a then in there at all because as you love God you'll you'll have an overwhelming love for your neighbor but 
Okay, going into James 1, 5 through 8. And it talks about wisdom. So James 1, 5 through 8, which is, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So it's kind of cool. Like, he must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Like, I come with open hands. And also another, like, little wise thought is James one nineteen, which is, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so, that's also another, like, it's almost like a proverb in a sense. But, um... Just like when I come to God, I don't come to God with like ten requests, knowing that my will is above His. But I come to God with a request, hoping that He fulfills it, knowing that He loves me and He is my Father, and that if He doesn't fulfill it, it's His will. And if He doesn't fulfill it the way that I think He should fulfill it, I shouldn't get angry or anything. That's His will, not mine. Like, let Your will be done as heaven as on earth just like that and so like another little bit about wisdom is first corinthians 1 30 um which let me get there is and because of him you are in christ jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so that's also really cool because Jesus became to us wisdom from God. He, faith in God is the only way to salvation, which through Jesus. And then like, I mean, you could go into it a little bit more like, like okay well then how was Abraham Jacob or Isaac saved well faith in God and so it's just like uh, I don't know but um he's the only way the only truth and the only life mm. and now we will go back in our Proverbs but like if I seek wisdom here without seeking the wisdom of God first then I'm like I'm going after the wrong things it's just not yeah <clears throat> it's it's wasting my time it's wasting my effort if I'm going after wisdom here for my own gain now, wisdom here may be good. Like, God granted, I mean, God put the Holy Spirit on the builders in Nehemiah to build the wall. God put his spirit on the people in Solomon's day to build the temple. So, like, and to, like, make them, like, 
be able to like build it to his specifications. Because, I don't know, like, we needed his Holy Spirit. And also just, like, to bless him with knowledge of how to build the wall. And so, um, does he give blessing of, oh, God, I need blessing for my math test to help me pass this class, God, so I don't have to come back to high school ever again after this year. (laughs) Like, I mean, God can do anything. Will he? I don't know. I mean, like, there's no way I know enough that I know. Just saying. God has blessed me with wisdom in different areas that I'm not interested in or haven't pursued. And so that's really cool. But here is Proverbs 8.11. And it says, For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you desire cannot compare with her. It's talking about wisdom, but like, it's more of just talking about like the blessings of wisdom. Um, and like the verse before it says, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. And the verse before that says, they are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Oh, and oh, sorry, I just, I'll read verses eight and nine. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. And so, like, that part's also about wisdom. Honestly, like, it's basically a whole book about wisdom. But here, um, wait. Um, and, like, chapter two is all about the value of wisdom. And, like, there's also some states like Solomon to his son or something like that to um, teaching his son, like, hey, be wise. Take this understanding. And, like, as it says in, uh, I'm blanking on the book, but raise your children in these ways and they will not depart from them. And, like, also, like, in Deuteronomy, putting this on your foreheads, putting it on your doorposts, like, basically just keeping it on the edge of your tongue, on the edge of your mind, to live in the way of God. And Proverbs 1, 7, this is a great one. Uh, Learned it in a gospel sharing class that I had a few months ago, Um, which was awesome. I got to do it with two of my friends, actually a lot more than two. But, like, I got to do it with Izzy and Emma Troger, my girlfriend's sisters, two of them. Um, and here is Proverbs 1, 7, which is, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Like, and I mean, godly wisdom and instruction. Not like, um, (laughs) like they despise wisdom and instruction from God because they're fools. Like, um, there's a whole concept throughout the book of Proverbs of a fool and righteous. And how are you made righteous? Well, through faith. Like Abraham, Abraham was made righteous through faith. 
and I'll talk about Abraham more later, hopefully, but, um, it's, it's awesome, um, like, he's just the beginning of knowledge, you can't fathom anymore, it's where your true life begins, and so, more of just a recap for the past few weeks is, like, yesterday was awesome, it was a great sermon, as well as Sunday was also a great sermon, and he talked a lot about the Church of Ephesus, and that was a really good sermon, it was just amazing, and I want to share a little bit of it with you, about how we may do the right thing, but we have to have the heart to do the right thing, it's about that love first, and so it's uh, Revelations 1 through 7, but basically it's like a it's talking about the church of Ephesus and how they were amazing and like we're doing all these great things but Jesus is walking on the lampstands and says I'm going to take your lamp away unless you um <laughs> like you abandon your love that you had at first and like repent repent or I'm going to have to take your lampstand away and it's just like you have to remember like what like am I doing okay am I doing good or bad if I'm doing bad do I do I love God am I doing good am I doing it because I love God and looking at the meaning behind your actions because if not lining up with like the greatest commandment then it might be a problem <clears throat> and here's like another little bit about <laughs> wisdom and it's first uh, corinthians 12 8 i just came across it um but for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. So like a little bit about different gifts. Um, I don't know. I just thought that I should share that. But here is First Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and do not have love, I am a noisy gone or cleaning symbols. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. It's just a concept of poverty. Like, you can have all these gifts, all these awesome talents and stuff like that but without like God because God is love as seen in like First John 3 but without that love you have nothing you are the poorest on earth you are no more than the person who does bad I mean Jesus said to repent to that church because they were sinning he wouldn't say repent unless they were sinning and that's super, con- like, 
super conviction right there because it's like okay what am I doing am I doing throughout the day like to get myself which is like wisdom selfish ambition just like we talked about in James 3 or am I doing it out of love am I just doing it to do it am I doing it to make myself more righteous well I am the righteousness of God as said in Ephesians but like it's not a work scene faith and works go together but you must have love like greatest commandment love God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor and the great commission goes along with that like as I've been learning in my class that I've been taking just like to go bless the nations you must also have a love like you must also be like living in love like loving God and loving your neighbor and that is how you will kind of like bless the nations It's just like a super cool convictional thing that I wanted to share with you. Um, and like another thing like that hit me hard was like keeping the marriage bed pure. And that's uh, Hebrews 13.4. And I just like, I was like, whoa. Like I just got hit with that. And I was like, thank you, God. Um, verse 5 is pretty cool too. But it says, let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep, And then here's verse 5. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. And like verse 6 is also kind of cool, but like the whole Bible is pretty cool. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. A whole little bit right there is pretty awesome. But just, like, even the thought of just, like, um, just, like, Mary Madeline's amazing. And I shouldn't do anything now to hinder that marriage, to defile that relationship that we'll have between us. And, like, keep your life free from the love of money. Like, um, there's been, like, financial like problems that have come up like lately and it's like okay I have to do work but I also am missing this like this awesome bible study that's done nothing but grow me in my faith in Jesus in my relationship with Jesus so then like I come to the crossroads and the problem of do I work less only one shift a week and go to Mog which is men of God like the bible study or do I try to do both where I work really really late and it might hinder my school a little bit or do I have to skip mog every week and work two shifts a week to try and make more money that's just like what I've come across right now and I have to be content with what I have it's not like I'm saving financials like for myself like a selfish ambition type thing but it's it's like something that I want to do that I want to get for someone else like I want to bless this person I want to work hard like reap what I sow in it I don't know it's it's weird um 
Like, he will never forsake you. He never forsakes me. He's my helper. I don't have to fear, like, and what can man do to me? Like, I should use that as, like, a, like, when I'm in my school and preaching the gospel or with a lack of preaching the gospel, I have to remember, like, hey, what can man do to me? Honestly, like, what can man do to me? Like, God says, Jesus says, do not fear the one who can, like, put you to death, uh, depart your, um, oh, I'm blanking so hard, I'm sorry, but, like, do not fear, like, the one who can, like, kill you, but fear the one who can, like, eternally kill you, which is God, like, putting you into hell, because we even, as Christians, have life after death, after our bodies die, we actually live with Christ. Not that we don't start living now. So as we start live now, do we actually die? Well, yeah, we have a physical death, but unless Christ comes back and takes us, actually. But um, that was like a cool thought to me, like keeping the marriage bed pure. Like it's not a checklist of not doing these certain things to keep the marriage bed pure, but it's just living for God loving God and loving your neighbor and you have basically two reasons to keep the marriage by pure God because he says so because you love him and he doesn't want you to sin like but also your future spouse of whoever they may be or if you have a future spouse and so another one is marriage isn't the end goal your first marriage should be with Jesus. That's how deep that relationship should be. Then, marriage to your spouse. I mean, to your future spouse or whatever. Like, for me personally, because I'm not yet married, not yet engaged, but hopefully will be at some point this year. And <clears throat> I have to remember... It's not my marriage or not this like marriage isn't the end like goal. I shouldn't look down the road and keep my eyes fixed on the marriage. I should keep my eyes down the road fixed on Jesus at the end of my life. But he's also walking alongside of me. And I have to keep that marriage, that relationship first and foremost in my life even before my wife like how that rhymed that's kind of cool must keep that relationship first in my life even before my wife it just sounds cool um and i will probably skip some of these just because i don't want to like take up too much i guess but, like, being faithful, um, like, God is super faithful. Obviously, he's the most faithful. But just, like, remaining faithful in God's love. Like, Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Like, that right there. Um, 
Psalm 118.6. Like, he is faithful. I don't have to worry. Because, like, what can man do to me? Like, I, I'm going to fear God instead of man. And, um, like, I have two friends, Mitch and Michael, and I love those guys so much. And I also love a lot of my other friends as well. But, like, those guys especially, like, they're in my lunch class. I get to sit with them. I've gotten to see them grow. Um, I got to disciple them a little bit. And it's awesome. And I can't wait to go again today and hopefully disciple them more. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. And so another thing is like um, the family of Abraham. Like by spirit. Like you have his offspring in like Israel. When Jesus was talking about like to the Gentiles too, like Israel was like, We're the sons of Abraham and he's like, Okay or whatever, I for, I forget what he says, but like Abraham thought they were saved because they were sons of Abraham. But they weren't truly sons of Abraham. And he says, like, I can raise sons of Abraham up even from these stones. Like you're not part of Abraham's family through blood like they were but that's not what saved them the part like that they missed was the faith in God that saved Abraham it wasn't just being part of a of blood or anything like that it's being part of the blood it's being part of that faith and so like a few little like um passages I have for that and like throughout uh, New Testament like letters and stuff like that it's awesome because it brings up Abraham a lot and I didn't get that at first and now I get it because of this class I go to and there's a promise in Genesis 12 1-3 God makes to Abraham about blessing him blessing all the nations through him and like you see the whole theme throughout the New Testament of Abraham, it was credited to him as righteousness through faith. Like, he was saved through faith. He was made righteous through faith in God. And, um, it's like, now we are made sons of Abraham by spirit. We must be born again. Like, how Nicodemus and Jesus were talking. Like, Nicodemus was like, how can you be born again? It's like, it's through spirit. It's not through water and, like, going back in your mother's womb. Um, but it's being born again in spirit. Renewed. And that's awesome. Alright, so Hebrews two fourteen through 18 is, Since therefore children share in flesh and blood, that's us sharing in the flesh and blood of Jesus with Abraham, he himself likewise partook, in the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death that is the devil and deliver all those who fear of death were subject to lifelong savory so i'm gonna stop there those the first two verses um another awesome thing is jesus defeated three things when he came he defeated death sin and satan they have no power now 
no power. They're not destroyed. They're still here. They're just living in defeat every day. Now they will be destroyed at the end when Jesus comes again. Um, and there's like a ton of different stuff with the revelation about that, but like they are defeated now. Satan is defeated. Death is defeated in this. And sin is also defeated. And so here's verse 16 through 18. But for surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham, us. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect when he came down to be a man, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of people, of the people. Like, that's awesome. He's our high priest. This is so cool. Um, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. That's also awesome. Like, Jesus was tempted in every retrospect, like, every every way. I forget where it says, but, like, we also do not have a high priest that is um, far away or unable to sympathize with us when we are tempted. He's been tempted, and he's willing to help you out of that temptation. First Corinthians talks about in there, I think, maybe chapter 10, 30, or something like that. But, like, you will not be tempted beyond your ability, and God will give you a way out. And so it kind of leaves it up to us whether or not to fall into sin or not. And honestly, for myself, I fall back into sin. And like what Paul says, like, I do what I do not want to do. And he keeps living that way. Like in, in Romans, uh, I forget which chapter, like one, two or three or something like that. But he's like, maybe it's seven. <laughs> I don't know. I think it is seven, though. Um, like, I do what I do not want to do. And how he sees this, and he's super convicted of it, but could not do it because we are all sinners. And, like, the whole thing about machine sanctification in this lifetime is, like, no clue. <laughs> That's something that I definitely need a lot more studying, and if people above me are already saying, no, it's not true, like, I mean, like, no, you can't reach it, and they're older than me and wiser than me far along and know how to face temptations better than I do, then I mean, taking the wisdom of your elders, but also going and finding it out for yourself. So another one is Romans 4, 16. We'll get there. Well, we're getting there. Oh, almost. Yeah. And there we go. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. That's awesome. And verse 17 is, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the, thing that, the things that do not exist that's awesome and like Abraham saved through faith or made righteous through faith and 
like he is the father of us all. Not like by blood, like I don't think I'm related to Abraham, but by faith. That is awesome. He is literally the father of nations now. Where, like, um, if one person from one nation, one tribe, one culture, one language comes to faith, Abraham's the father of that person. Even if they're, like, in South America somewhere, in, like, some distant tribe, the father among nations is Abraham goes along with the blessing like I will bless you I will make you many nations like uh, not many nations I will make you um like many in a nation like he is the father of many nations but we're also all unified in Christ it's not diverse it's not a variety there is a variety of nations but we're all one body in Christ and we'll go to Galatians 3, 7 through 9, which is, Know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed among with Abraham, the man of faith. And this goes along with, like, the class, like, it's helped show that it's not just now that we are to be missionaries, but it was actually, like, all throughout the Old Testament as well that God called them to be missionaries, to go bless the nations, Abraham. Like, go be a blessing. He calls him out of his um, comfort zone. He calls him out of his family out of his land in verse 1 calling him to a better land talks about blessing those who bless him blessing him blessing his family cursing those who curse him and then verse like 3 I think is um, I will make you great among the nations or whatever I will make your name great and I will bless all through you like all the nations through you which could be salvation, but it's like, it's God. It's God sending his, he chose Abraham out of like the 70 people groups at the time from the Tower of Babel to go to those people groups to tell them who is the true God. Well, it's God. <laughs> it's our Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, just sharing like those like they were Israel was supposed to be the ultimate missionary group in the Old Testament but they uh, kind of were f focused on themselves and stuff like that which happens nowadays too with missionaries like I know me myself like, I could say we're all missionaries as in we're all supposed to share the gospel well no that's just Christians we're all Christians we're all supposed to go share the gospel missionaries like go to the nations some people are senders some people are goers so i could say yeah we're all missionaries but no we're we're all supposed to be faithful <laughs> um but um yeah just like we're all made part of 
Abraham's family through faith, not by flesh and blood, by the flesh and blood we are, but by faith. It's like a few more little passages is Second Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know if I'll do through 18, though. Um, I will, um, summarize it. <laughs> it's talking about how we, how, like, it's almost talking about Israel's ministry, actually, a little bit. How their ministry was, like, good, had some glory, but our ministry is great. We have the spirit now. And so, like, we exceed it in glory. Like, the thing before it, um, like verse 11 says, For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Like, now the Spirit is here. It's not going anywhere. It's in you. Aha. It's, it's staying in you. It is a part of you. And so then it like says being bold. Like that is awesome. <laughs> um verse verse twelve says, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. And like then it talks about in the sense of the veil, Moses, like he kept his face hidden because his face was so glorious because it had seen God that his face shone like an angel we aren't covering ourselves up anymore. We are letting our light shine. Like the little song, the little children's song, or when Jesus says, what do you do? Like, do you put it under a basket? No. You put the um, light on a hill for all to see. You put it on a stand to give light to the house. Um, it's also like the mystery of the gospel in the Old Testament. Like, shows like the the mystery of Christ was hidden in the Old Testament where it was hinted at you can look back and now see it uncovered with the revelation of Christ which is awesome and like verse 18 like you're going from one glory to another glory and like some of my friends compared to this to David where he didn't like he had ups and downs in his life like a lot but he went from glory to glory now I mean you you can say that so I feel like it's a little bit out of context here's verse 18 and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the Lord who is the spirit so I guess not um but yeah so we're going from glory to glory um, there's a little bit about me eating my words. Um, and Second Corinthians 4, 7 through 18, I'm going to basically just paraphrase, paraphrase again or whatever, is we have the spirit inside of us. That's, that's the treasure. Like, all the real glory is not found in us. 
It's found in the spirit inside of us. All glory to God. Hallowed be your name. It's not it's not us. All thanks goes to God. We are here to give glory to God. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are a new creation in him. All of this for his glory. And that's like the main thing. It's just like for his glory. And so, I mean, like, that's a lot of the parallel scriptures I have right now. But just like, keep, keep living in faith. Right. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It's Blue Door Podcast, and this is Joseph Punoya. Um, have a great day, and I hope this, this this encourages you. And I hope to do this every Tuesday. Um, next Tuesday I should be able to, but the Tuesday after that I will be gone. I think so. I don't know if I'll be able to, nor the Tuesday after that actually. But we'll we will see. Um, I hope you have a great day and. It's awesome, like, looking now, the first episode at six plays, that's, like, crazy, and, like, five and four and three, like, that's amazing, like, didn't think people would actually listen to this, but thank you for listening so much, um, and just, like, in Acts, when it says the Thessalonians, like, took the scriptures that Paul had given them and went and tested them, I want you to take all I have said Test it in your heart, test it in prayer, test it in the word. Go find a realization for yourself. And so that's why I want to encourage you. Have a great day, uh, whether you're listening in the night or in the morning or whatever. But have an awesome day. God bless you.